Asteroids do not concern me, Admiral. These last points, too accurate for sand. Shut up, Wesley. Insufficient facts always invite danger, Captain. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Nathan Del Rio. And uh, I'm Adam Brewer. And this is Nerd is in the Details. Yes, it is. And we are we are excited to be here on our uh, inaugural kind of introduction podcast here. That's right. Very excited. So this is a, a podcast we're going to be doing just to discuss some of the interests that we have. Um, which are which are broad ranging. Very broad. But they generally fall in that nerdy category. Mm-hmm. However you want to define that, but I think... Society overall, if they if you said what's nerdy, everything they're going to list probably something we want to talk about. Sure. So we've got my personal interests, uh, Star Wars being probably the strongest, with a whole slew of other things uh, like photography and crafting things. I pretty much like to make anything I can get my hands on, building models, you know, all that kind of stuff. Plus anything techy, like smart homes and soldering computer boards (laughs) soldering the nerdy side of soldering um yeah and i'm actually along a lot of the same lines some of our interests diverge i have done photography but i'm not as much of a a collector or hobbyist as as nathan but um star trek is a little bit more my jam but that doesn't mean i don't deeply appreciate star wars uh the fan base the the storylines and all that and so uh this isn't gonna be a podcast where we're arguing back and forth necessarily of who's greater but it might be us pointing out differences maybe making some comparisons maybe we'll get into uh you know who would win in a fight type scenario sure sure and i would definitely have to say too that i am a trekkie compared to the average joe it's like your it's your second language it's my second language you grew up in star wars but you learned to speak star trek well i grew up in both but star wars was just more my forte for sure yeah and and so i'm the exact opposite they're both early in my life um so when did so since since star wars is your jam Mm -hmm. when did star wars first come into your life in a, in a way that you really understood, besides sure, maybe sure. seeing it with your dad. I mean, I saw two. the the original trilogy before the prequels. Uh, so, I think episode one came out in 97? I want to say 97. Oh, we're going to get letters on that one. Yeah. Right? That would be bad. And I remember going, I mean, I went to see that opening opening day, but um, I had already seen all the other, all the other trilogy, uh, of the original trilogy, and liked it already so um but at that point i mean i can remember that was where i got really into like the collecting the toys Mm -hmm. and all that just because the popularity became so renewed yeah um, in terms of you know there was a whole new selection of toys being built they had little comtech action figures i still have all that it still works it's a little (laughs) distorted but um so that was kind of the beginning and then throughout my entire childhood i mean i read Books, although I read more books in adulthood than childhood and collected throughout. I always saw every movie mm-hmm. um, on opening day until my son broke that record by being born. Uh, but, you know, can plan on re-picking that up. And then. So when you say opening day, are you talking about like 12 o'clock at, or 12.01 no. type opening day? Okay, just general opening general day. General opening day, not midnight. That uh, doesn't lessen the experience. I was no. just curious if it was Well, the... I mean, I was like... 
a you know a child elementary age pre preteen. You might have begged your parents. Could have happened. My dad, his entire uh, business, they shut down. They all had tickets. They were they <laughs> were a bunch of nerds. That's, that's where I learned to play StarCraft. Was at that office. They would have like Thursday afternoons. They'd shut down and play Quake. That <laughs> is awesome. It was awesome. That is fantastic. So, what about you? For me, um, it started with my dad watching Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, my dad's not probably what I categorize a Trekkie. He certainly of any sci-fi or let's just say nerdy thing outside of boat motor collecting. If that's a, if that's a nerdy thing. Yeah. We will, maybe we'll talk about that in the future, but um, we would watch Star Trek, the next generation a lot. And then the pivotal moment. So kind of uh, the thing that really got me started into being a Trekkie was when on TBS uh, late nineties, early two thousands, they picked up the next generation Mm -hmm. and they, you know, put into syndication on that. And that was like, you know, like, pupils dilating eyes opening type scenario and uh and i distinctly remember the thanksgiving uh, on thanksgiving day um laying in the basement of my aunt's house watching like a marathon of next gen where they had all these episodes where they had like uh, cameo appearances by future big actors or, or mm-hmm. big actors at the time but just people that weren't from the the regular series and that like solidified it and so I bought all the DVDs of the next gen. Like every time they released the next box set, mm-hmm. bought it, received a lot of grief from my dad because they were like a hundred bucks. So and that was a hundred bucks, you know, 15, 20, 17 years ago, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know. So with inflation, that's even more and maybe some rightfully deserved grief. But like that's that's what got me hooked into Star Trek in particular, but then sci fi and just general nerdiness, yeah. you know. When you have to consider, too, that was pre. TiVo, pre-Netflix, sure. the only way to watch those shows repeatedly was to have a disc. Or you or could have been those ones that occasionally, yeah, because they would release them on VHS like a couple episodes mm-hmm. and it'd be like, it wasn't the series, it was a few episodes. Or you could do like what I had. So I, I grew up with the original series. My dad had them all on VHS that he had recorded, <laughs> you know, and then pop the tab off the off the tape so that no one could record over it on accident or anything. And That's I a pro move. Fast right forward there. through the, you know, the where's the beef commercials and oh, all that gosh. kind of stuff. That was how I got introduced into Star Trek was the originals. That's and that's a great way to start. You know, that's probably from my opinion, right? My opinion that would be where to start. Truly, even though I started Next Gen, which I deeply love and mm-hmm. above all others, that's the progenitor, like yeah, the original series. Sure, you know. By the way, I was wrong. Ninety nine. Should have known. We're going to get letters on that. I know. That's okay. I was only like 11, so. So while while we do want to get into the nerdy details, and that's the point, right? It's right in the name, nerds in the details, because you out there who have a deep love for anything, um, period, are going to know those nerdy details, and we want to come alongside you. We want to get into those nerdy details with you. We want to learn some along the way, so maybe... You know, if we don't really know a full mm-hmm. topic as we're just researching for an episode type deal. Um, but we're going to partner with you on making sure those nerdy details get cracked. And like I said, I'm sure you will let us know. Because if nothing else, the kind of communities we're trying to reach, they will tell you when you are wrong. It's important to consider, too. You know, there needs to be a little grace with this. We have our our yes. uh, things that we're better at, like, you know, actual character things or mm-hmm. stuff from the stories, like, I 
don't plan on getting any of that wrong. Um, but you know, I may not care as much about dates, that sort of thing. Just like somebody doesn't care as much about what color a character wore in a certain scene or, you know, whose lightsaber was what colors, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know for me, I'm a big, I don't, I don't know, Nathan, we've never talked about this. I'm a big behind the scenes guy. When I get a DVD, especially if it's, or a movie, download, whatever, especially if I've already seen it. So I'm not watching it for the first time with, for the you know sake of learning the, the movie. And the first thing I do is go to special features and I'm like watching how they made it, how they did it, you know, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. that's, that to me is a huge connection point. So I appreciate the the storylines when people get into that mythology and mm-hmm. mythos of, of uh, any genre, but I love that technical aspect of how they literally filmed it, what the set was like, you know, what the interactions were like, and, you know, that's that's as closest to reality TV I'm going to get to. I do with some things, but I don't do that very much. Like Star Wars I mm-hmm. do, just because I love seeing all of the, especially in the last, uh, you know, in 7 and 8, the actual physical props that they mm-hmm. used rather than as much kind of computer computer generated everything. I like seeing how they did that and seeing the cast interacting on the set. And there was a lot of uh, really great content, um, especially in the force awakens bonus features. But uh, generally I don't do that very much versus I would dive into, you know, reading something that's telling me what's going on in the background of the story. Mm-hmm. So I would quickly, get an audiobook or a real book if i have time to read and you know want to find that extra extra sense of what's there i remember when i was a kid reading the book for phantom menace and mm-hmm. just being blown away by how much more was in there and then when force awakens came out i got the audiobook and i felt like it kind of let me down a little bit like it didn't give me that same amount of extra information um so but think, I still look for that. Everywhere. Do you think one was better written, or is it because a different place in your life it just didn't it didn't hit you the same way? Mm. I mean, I haven't gone back and reread episode one, Ooh, so that might be something. That would be interesting to do to see it from you know an adult's perspective. But uh, I feel like it was better written. Mm-hmm. Like there was just more content versus the latest, like or not the latest, but with Force Awakens, it was kind of just fluff okay like fluff information mm-hmm. but it didn't give you any real extra character development like i didn't feel like i knew ray better or i knew finn better but i've i've read other books that gave me some of that but not from that story so this is where where my knowledge base breaks down come from star trek where books were not canon mm-hmm. now the difference is i did some some loose math so you'll you can correct me out there but there's something like 700 or uh 553 hours of Star Trek. Wow. So that's the, all the shows, all the movies and stuff, you know, and the episodes mm-hmm. broke down by minutes, added up to hours, all that. Um, so, you know, to create the the stories in Star Trek, you have a lot of material that was mm-hmm. that was the hardest form of canon, you could say, which was the stuff that went onto the screen. Sure. But Star Wars had maybe 152 hours or something mm-hmm. with all, even the worst christmas special even that's in oh. there it's in there man <laughs> but the point is like star trek like books weren't canon sure well star so, wars the books haven't been canon historically either oh, um, i thought they there were. have been some books that were canon oh. so like actual books of you know episodes generally were accepted as okay. canon yeah yeah um but until disney bought star wars recently and said 
any future books released are going to be canon. The only thing that was canon was like the Marvel comics. Okay. Um, and then some of the books that were actual retellings of the stories, but most of that was all considered expanded universe, um, which is now called Star Wars Legends, mm-hmm. and that wasn't canon. Truly, there was things that we as fans considered to be canon. Um, I remember touting the Thrawn trilogy as essentially canon mm-hmm. because, you know, George Lucas had given the story to Timothy Zahn, and that was <laughs> the only thing that was going to be post-Return of the Jedi, which that's what what got me into all of those books was the fact that it was, you know, so reliable. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 30 books later, now I have to abandon all of that history. Did so? Are you familiar with the the toy line from Kenner, the original? Of course. You know? I mean, of course you're familiar with it. But like, so you know, they created a lot of their own characters, especially mm-hmm. towards the end of the of the run, as they needed more material to sell. Right? Because that was a huge cash cow for sure. for Kenner. So, are the characters they created out of out of thin air are those canon? I know that. So, like on the podcast that I was telling you about mm-hmm. the. Uh, Rebel Force Radio, they refer to some things from Kenner at time to time to just, you know, name a person or I have all these card, you know, card stock printouts mm-hmm. that were the back of my Kenner action figures uh, yeah. that give oh, like yeah. the bio of the character. And I have to say that it's, it can't be canon anymore. I think at the time it was, it was accepted as that, mm-hmm. but with the further production uh, it just can't be because I, I seem to remember my Boba Fett character it saying that he was a stormtrooper at some point and all this kind of stuff or had been a clone trooper, which that, you know, fits overall. But Boba wasn't actually a clone trooper. He was just a clone. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some things that just don't fit anymore with things that now are accepted canon, which is, you know, the Clone Wars, Rebels, the movies. Okay. And any of the new books that are being published as canon. So something that just occurred to me that Star um, Trek has fallen into, but Star Wars has done a good job of, because now they're going back and doing these these backstories, right, mm-hmm. like on, on Solo. Um, so they're putting it in a time frame, or even, well, the Clone Wars wasn't a great example. Because I was going to say Star Trek, even though it's the um, parallel universe or the alternate reality, rather, in the current ones, or then you, you look at Enterprise, though. Enterprise was set before the original series, but the technology in it, is much more advanced looking, right? Mm-hmm. The screen, the display, sure. all that stuff. Yeah. So they kind of had to balance that in Star Trek of how do we keep it something the audiences want to see. But Star Wars had, did a great job so far of kind of keeping the look of things. Overall, Clo- the prequel trilogy was... The prequel was, was a little cleaner. Know, they had a little bit smoother, a little smoother. It wasn't as, you know, grimy. wasn't as switchy, mm-hmm. you know, physical switches. But I think they did a, a better job. They do a better job of holding that. Cause look at like Solo or um, especially the latest stuff, I think, you yeah. know, because really it should go that the prequel trilogy looks better than the original trilogy and the newest stuff looks better than the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. If it was kind of following that same uh, kind of endeavor. And I mean, George Lucas at the time definitely was kind of pushing the uh, the envelope with the available technology at the time and really advancing things. And so it makes sense as to why that looked the way it did with the prequel trilogy. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But now with Force Awakens and 
The Last Jedi and Solo, all of those. Rogue One, I think they've done a much better job of uh, maintaining consistency with consistency with the original trilogy. Yeah, they kept the aesthetic, and I mean, man, they've done a really good job too of keeping the look of people. Some of the people. I mean, they look like they walked off a set in the 70s, mm-hmm. right? Which was what the standard was set by the by the original trilogy. Sure. But that is what that universe looks like. It looks like 70s mutton shops and, you know, heavy hair. Yeah. And they kept it. And kudos to them. That's, that's good stuff. I know there's been some uh, criticism of their inability, like the kind of absence of some of the original races or species and all that kind of stuff. Um, from the original trilogy, like the latest movies haven't had some of those classic species like the Hammerheads or Snaggletooth, um, you know, uh, let's see, Bosk is a Trandoshan, um, you know, some of those other things like they've just been make, creating new creatures mm-hmm. and new and new species in the latest movie. So hopefully we'll see some kind of resurgence of those or others um, in the next one. Um, but Star Trek, I feel like has done a decent job as well. I mean, especially with enterprise. Now I haven't seen every Star Trek out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched, you know, the next generation, the original series, I watched some of Deep Space Nine as a kid, but never really got into it. And then just recently went through all of Star Wars enterprise in this last kind of mm-hmm. spring time frame. Yeah. I feel like they did a pretty good job. I mean, certainly the, you know, ships in space looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. But the interior of the Enterprise, I don't think, is so old-looking. And I think they did a good job of changing the weapons. Because that's one thing that I often feel like happens in in shows is they go back in time. But the weapons are all of a sudden, like, just way more advanced. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, that a phaser never did that before. And this is supposed to be a previous phaser. And so I, I really appreciated that about enterprise you know with reed trying to get the phasers to actually work yeah absolutely and even into the the current star trek the last three movies you know the the phasers are like in pods on the ship they're you know firing from and if you look at next gen right there's a phaser strip that runs around the ship that Mm -hmm. can fire in, in any direction um so they they did give it that um antiquated look and they kept it and that's a that's a good a good point that yeah they didn't do the the pitfall of many genres which is mm-hmm. the old weapons are better than the new weapons because the quote-unquote old movie is actually filmed you know this year so sure. um speaking of that as we're as we're drawing to a close here i want to go over some some big news that's coming out huge news in the star wars world and star trek world. yeah I'll, I'll take the star trek go ahead and drop that star wars so there's been some uh you know big information releases so um I guess it was at the San Diego or San Francisco Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. There's so many Comic-Cons. It's... One of the ones in California <laughs> that starts with San, uh, they released um, information about the return of Clone Wars. So they're saying there's going to be 12 new episodes. I'm curious to see, because there was, I think, six episodes is like in season six. There are the hidden missions. Mm-hmm. Um, on Netflix, it's just called season six. But if you buy the discs, it's the hidden missions because uh, okay. they were never released on television that cover a little bit of uh, around Order 66, leading up to Order 66, and also Yoda's, uh, like a Yoda arc where it explains how he learns to communicate after after death or with uh, Force users that are in the afterlife, that sort of thing. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see if that's including 
those six plus mm-hmm. six new ones or if it's just 12 totally new ones. Unfortunately, it's going to be on Disney's uh, subscription-based uh, only thing, which we've been discussing recently, the trend towards that. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be in 2019. And unlike the CBS one, uh, this one's going to get me. I just know. <laughs> like I've already conceded to the fact that I'm going to end up subscribing to it. Um, so that's been a big, some big information. I'm really excited, hoping that you know maybe it'll just do so well that they'll continue on or get something new going. Um, but you know, you're almost to the end of that story because mm-hmm. once Order sixty six happens, it's kind of like, well, then the clone troopers are totally different personalities and all the people that you've come to know and love. And then with uh, the press release on episode nine, which is so uncharacteristic for JJ to release some of the information that he did, um, you know, listing Mark Hamill in the cast. Uh, so that's exciting because a lot of people were really upset to see him die in mm-hmm. episode eight. Um, so hopefully he'll return as, you know, more than just kind of a one scene force ghost. I'm hoping he'll have some actual kind of story in there. Sure. And then uh, we've now found out that Carrie Fisher is going to be in episode nine with some previously shot footage from episode seven. And so something that we were talking about, you know, before we started recording here was what does that mean? Because my thought, and you corrected me on it, I think, from our supposition, my thought was, well, previously shot, I've, I've seen the, the B-real stuff. And, what, I mean, mm-hmm. if I'm watching it in the next film, I'm going to be like, well, this was shot on the planet. I've already seen this. But sure. you pulled up a good point that it means they're probably not going to digitally replace a young actress's face or, a, well, in this case, an old actress's face with mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's or something like that, that they might be grabbing her performance, but digitally replacing backgrounds yeah and stuff. i think and that's, that it, that's valid it definitely is a different uh has some different kind of impact in terms of you know if they do like a tarkin mm-hmm. in rogue one where they're totally replacing the actor's face and voice and everything and just putting a body in with all the cgi dots mm-hmm. on their face versus taking the face and building that into the story and just you know cgiing the scenery or the the costume or the hair all that kind of stuff i think it'll It'll make a difference. Yeah, and I think it'd make a, it's going to make a huge difference because we're just not there yet. Grand Moff Tarkin it looked great. If I didn't, if mm-hmm. we were, you know, flying in the blind, I might say, "Wow, man, that guy!" If I'd never seen anything before of the series, mm-hmm. oh man, that actor that did a pretty good job. He looked a little weird. Maybe his motion was weird, but something I couldn't put my finger up. But it was fine. I think the young Leia in Rogue One was actually a better. It was than Tarkin. I think it was a better example. Yeah, but it was still had it was that uncanny valley mm-hmm. where you could just there was something hard to describe that was wrong. It was Jeff Bridges and Tron um, all over again. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, it, I'm excited to see see where they go with that. Sure, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything other really. You know, groundbreaking information. Obviously, Billy D. Williams, but that's been known for a little while, so yeah, that'll be exciting to see. But nice hopefully, when... he can really recapture Lando. I, I feel like he's so smooth. He just he's got he, to. He's got to. Yeah, um, and it's different too, though. When you know, you might have known about it for a while, but known about it means it was the rumor mill. Mm-hmm. When it's the official announcements <laughs> or something, you know, sure, so solid comes a out. Hollywood it's... insider has confirmed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and what about Star Trek? What's going on Star in the Star Trek, Trek world? So, so you know, you kind of touched on it with the CBS, and maybe in a future cast I'll do a rant or we'll do a whole thing about it. But, um, you know, you and I were texting earlier in the week, and I already have Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and 
of course, you know, YouTube, like everybody, I don't pay for that one though. But the point, see, I I should really, I got to look into that. Anyways, the point is I've got all these streaming services providing tons of content, usually cross-production company, ABC, CBS, Mm -hmm. all that cross-production company. I'm sorry, CBS doesn't make anything that I give any care about besides Star Trek. So why do I want to spend more money on my pocket to see what used to be just broadcast television and then in the future now is, you know, at least broadcast onto a common platform like Hulu. Um, but with what I'm about to say, they may have got me, you know, this, this might be my clone war- wars to the <laughs> point. Um, so on uh, August 4th at 3.26 PM, if you're curious, Sir Patrick Stewart uh, announced to the world that he's going to be returning as Jean-Luc Picard um, and he tagged at CBS All Access. So in modern context, I'm guessing that's where that's going to be. But, um, you know, he spoke at length about how he was touched, how much Star Trek and, and his character have touched people's lives mm-hmm. and all that. And um, I'm sure they gave some money in there as well. It wasn't just out of the goodness of his heart. But that's exciting. And what's going to be really uh, fun and it really, if you get into the nerdy details, right, the um, – the final episode of Next Gen and an episode called uh, The Inner Light both showed Jean-Luc or Sir Patrick Stewart aged dramatically, you know, 20, 30 years. Really? Um, yeah, because the final episode, All Good Things, they it flashes back and forth between the present and then the future. And in the future, Jean-Luc is tending his vineyards and he's like seeing these m- minion little people and all kinds of – he's hallucinating and it's all, hmm. of course – Q. Does he have a... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's all Q. You know, playing with it there. It's... Anyways. So, um, yeah. So, but that and then in an episode called The Inner Light, which is a fantastic episode. And if you haven't seen all of Next Gen, but you've seen a few and you, you know, you're not sure where else to... If you want to just hodgepodge and pick up, mm-hmm. go see Inner Light. It's, it's just one of the best episodes. What season is that in? Do you know? Ooh, put me on the spot. Sorry. You know what? I'm not going to look it up. I don't know. I think it's maybe six. It might be six or five, but, um, just, it's a great episode, really well acted. And it's, it's Patrick Stewart at some of his best, Hmm. um, straight acting where he's not just being authoritative, which he's good at as well. But anyways, uh, they aged him dramatically for those episodes, you know, where he was supposed to be in his seventies and eighties, which if you do a little math, that's how that's his age range now. And he probably looks looks better now. He looks, I mean, it looks like he walked off the set of next gen in, you know, See at the finale in ninety four, like really? or ninety three. Like. So they did it. They did a good job of like. No, they did a terrible job. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I thought you were saying that like today he looks like he walked off the set of Next no, Gen no. on those days. I was like, I see wow, the confusion. they actually got it right. No, no, they got it so wrong because he looks right now like he did when the series wrapped. Yeah, sure, he hasn't instead aged. of like this haggard old man that they presented in the, in the those two episodes. So. um it's just going to be – that's one of those fun asides that the nerds will latch on to is that he hasn't. And also, let's just be honest. In human context, in the real world, what has Sir Patrick Stewart done to stop aging? If anybody knows, let me know. I'd like to get in on that. Um, yeah, well, he inter- has a very young girlfriend, right? That <laughs> could be. <laughs> I think I think if we look through all of history, there's many men that have pursued a younger woman true, to make them feel true. young. and. Apparently in this case, maybe he's sucking her life force out or is this some kind of uh, um, Star Trek Beyond I think that that's probably just a result of his 
like the young girlfriend is probably a result of, of him, of him not <laughs> aging the way he has rather than the source. Exactly. So uh, Nathan pulled it up for me. He did what I would not do. It was season five, episode 25. And I did think I, I think I threw season you five said, in there. So season six, you said, wow. but you know, that's, that's all right. We'll off. forgive you. You that's know, I had 97. I'm in 90, you know, I, I was wrong as well. Also, we have, both of us have a lot of uh, hobbies and interests. So I haven't seen Next Gen all the way through probably for two years. So there's been other Star Trek, Star Wars, rewatching Back to the Future like six times when I got on a hook <laughs> there, you know, the whole series and sure. stuff. So what is the current show that's out right now on CBS All Access? Do you know anything about it? You know what? So I've never I haven't watched it. I refused to watch it. You're talking about Star Trek Discovery? I didn't even know what the name yeah, of it was. Yeah, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. And I, I think it looks great from the trailers. I'm not I'm not pulling the trigger until, until, Jean until Luke's on it. when John Luke's back. <laughs> I will do it for Sir Patrick, but for everyone, for everyone else, I'm not doing it. Do you know when it takes place or the? It's. I mean, like, it's. Yeah, it's like post next year, obviously. TOS, I think. But that shows how little I know because I'm not engaging on it. I don't. Well, I'm opinionated about it, and maybe maybe we'll have a further discourse on it uh, in, a, in a later episode. Sure, sure. But um, yeah. So the takeaway from this conversation is big stuff is happening for Star Trek, Star Wars. And uh, Adam is not paying for CBS All Access until the big stuff happens. And, and big stuff is happening for the nerds in the details, you know? I mean, this is episode one. This is the biggest thing that's happened to nerddom. Probably ever, <laughs> I can say, with no authority. At least the nerddom in our lives. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you got anything else? No. All right. Well, we're so glad that you uh, listened in. We hope you listen into our next episode. Uh, I'm Adam. That's Nathan. This has been Nerds in the Details. Nerd is in the Details.